You're listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the Internet to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web shapes popular opinion, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com. This is a discussion with Dr. Karen Cherney. Uh, she's the head of the press section. Uh, and Eva Mum, she's the director of the American Reference Center, both of them at the United States Embassy in Vienna. This whole development, which has caught on it enormously in the United States, in Austria is a little laid back, let's put it this way. Um, the Internet usage is very high in this country, extremely high. The blogging culture has not really taken hold as much as it ha- has probably <clears throat> in other countries. Interesting is that you have the political parties and the politicians, and they want to use it, and they're using it, and before, you know, when you have an election campaign, they, they go on the Internet and install the blogs. and But to have, for instance, like, political bloggers who have a name in the States and everybody looks and sees and so on and so forth, that you don't have as much here. You have the papers sometimes do on their online, they do blogs. You have one political blog here which is called uh, the the Hajek blog. It's H-A-J-E-K blog. He is a he, he, he also writes for a, for a monthly magazine, but he comments every Tuesday and Thursday exclusively on Austrian domestic policies. So that was would be a political blog to, you know, that... Uh, Eva? No. Uh, that um, would be comparable with, with somebody, you know. What, what is the famous guy in Washington? What's with the G... There are so many. Yeah, I know, but there's one that sort of started it from Washington. What is it called? The Washington? Well, let me ask you. I mean, uh-huh. first of all, you, how long have you been here at the embassy? Oh, I've been in the embassy for 30 years. So so in the time that you've been working at the embassy here, I mean, we, you've seen information go out through a variety of different channels, mm. right? Originally, there were libraries. Right. And then we had which CD-ROMs. Are, which are sorely missed, yeah. And then we had CD-ROMs, and right. then the CD-ROMs went online to databases. Right. And now, through the Obama administration yes. and many of the open government initiatives, yeah. we're seeing access to those databases via the Internet. Right. So I'd be curious to know, in the time you've been here, how have you seen the Internet change the way... You do your job. Or do I do the communication? Yes. Oh, that, of course, has changed dramatically. I mean, we are no longer, except for ambassadorial events, where people in Austria still like to receive a handwritten card elegantly for an event. I do everything via email. I mean, I'm doing a big conference on Monday on the future of journalism, as a matter of fact. With, uh, with people coming here and speaking about uh, exactly, you know, what it means for, for the journalistic profession and how it has changed through the Internet. 
and being impacted by the internet in some many ways for, for a lot of people negatively. I mean, when I get into investigative journalism and all of that, I mean, this is, but this is a different topic. But for us here at the press section, the communication with our audiences is thoroughly, almost exclusively with, as I said, representational events where people want to have an invitation card in their hand uh, via the internet, via email. We put our events on the website that, that Eva can talk to you about and uh, we send out press releases. We put it on in, in our, you know, also on, on for everybody to access. So we, <clears throat> we do that a lot. We also, she started Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. But you can access, before, yeah. before we move on to social media, because right. I do want yeah. to talk about that, but I think the issue of ju- journalism is an important one. In the U.S., we've seen a number of major newspapers Go fold, fold yeah. and a number uh, in uh, have filed for bankruptcy protection. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I would could you sort of paint a picture for me of Austria? the state of the news media business in Austria? Is oh, it the news media business. This is an interesting development. Um, in the middle of all of this and people complaining, uh, the the centrist paper, Depressa, which is a very Hi. prestigious one, this is Eva, nice um, is um, started a Sunday edition and uh, and immediately had about a hundred thousand circulation, which is pretty high. In Austria, you have the per capita, if you compare it, the largest newspaper in the world, which is a paper called Kronenzeitung, which is a mass circulation tabloid with over 3 million readers. You have a population here of a little bit over 8 million, so that shows you. And um, their online version is almost non-existent. I mean, it has some pretty sexy ladies on there, and uh, but it's non-existent. So in other words, people want their newspaper. They want it, they want to have it in their hands, they want to have it delivered to their homes. Is, do you have any information about the demographics of the readership? Is it, uh, does it, is it um, uh, discriminatory with respect to demographics, or do you have young, middle, all ages? You have papers that adhere to certain, certain groups. You have uh, liberal papers that are read by the younger, you know, the students and uh, academia. You have you have a few sophisticated papers, so they cater to various audiences. Yes, I would say that. <clears throat> also, don't forget, Austria has an quote older society, and and uh, a lot of older people really. I mean, even though there is, on the other hand, high internet usage. Um, they prefer the, if you want to, a traditional way. The young ones, the younger ones, the students, like my kids, for instance, I mean, they all get their stuff through the Internet and just go online. And there are some very good online versions of the Austrian print media, but you don't have the financial downfall or the situation that you have in the United States where really prominent papers folded and, and you know, which was interesting to me, by the way, is how come the Wall Street Journal is doing so well? That is, but that's a question I would ask you. 
So I'm told that um, most ostriums have not one but two cell phones. That's true, probably even three, yes. <laughs> and I, I also um, uh, I saw the protest in the streets yesterday right. from the students, which I was told was organized pretty much right. through SMS. Right. So is SMS an effective channel for yes, the U.S. Embassy in Vienna to commu- get its well, message out? That I... It's rather, I read in the paper, it was actually Facebook and, and, and Twitter that they communicated with each other, I suppose. It wasn't but SMS. I, I, I don't know that. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. also SMS. It could have been, but I, mean, yeah, but yeah, I, I saw right. in today's yeah. Korea, it says yeah. Facebook and Twitter, so, yeah. But Eva can tell you what the embassy, what we are doing, because she's just in the middle of setting yes. everything up. And, <laughs> like and most of the embassies, yeah. We, I mean, we've, been, we've had a Facebook page ever since July. Didn't so far didn't promote it all that much, and that's why that's the reason why we just have like 140 fans so far, um, as opposed to like 400 and like a thousand in Tirana, which I saw, which is like pretty high, <laughs> amazing. And then as of yesterday, we have a Twitter page with two tweets. <laughs> what is your Twitter ID? Uh, US USM Vienna. US EM. U.S. E.M.B. Vienna, all in one word. Got it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, and we just uploaded the video with the Ambassador Iker from yesterday's uh, uh, photo exhibit. And Leibovitz is in town. It was a big deal. I saw the posters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, we have theoretically a Flickr page. We didn't do anything much so far, but like I know, I know some other posts do. Uh, and when, as soon as we start with CMS, uh, that's the reason why a lot of posts have Flickr, the Flickr page to to be able to upload more more photos, and not to put it on the on the CMS server in Washington. Is that so? So, what are the hopes for a Facebook page and a Twitter page? I mean, what would you hope to achieve through these channels? To get new audiences, to reach out to new audiences, younger audiences, especially. Well, one of the things about uh, that makes something like Facebook or Twitter work is, um, you know, you follow people that you think are interesting, mm-hmm. and they follow you. Why would you follow the U.S. Embassy of Vienna? What would you get by following the U.S. Embassy of Vienna on Twitter or by friending it on Facebook? What What do you think that might be? Well, that's uh, not in such an easy question. I mean, what what I would get, and I saw the some. I know some of the fans uh, that that joined the U.S. Embassy Facebook uh, uh, community. I think is getting to know what we are doing, what programs we are doing. Uh, sort of, uh, you know, looking at events. Because what we certainly don't do on Facebook is, uh, you know, discuss, uh, I mean, U.S. policy on Afghanistan, for instance. I mean, that's, there is no, that's not the space to do this kind of thing. Um, As a young person, I mean, like, for instance, a teenager, is a teenager going to access, I don't think so. Aside from the support that the USMC in Vienna offers to the OSE and the UN, OSE, mm-hmm. what are the major? What What would you say are your three biggest challenges? Mm, what in what in what? Mm-hmm. What do you mean now? Challenges in terms of what your what your objectives are. I mean, you're communicating 
on behalf of the organization. So what, what would you say are the three biggest challenges with respect to you being able to do your job today? Uh, well, to get people to, I mean, in my case, is to get the media interested in the policies that we are, you know, bringing towards them, to come to our press conferences, to our events. Uh, however, that is not such a challenge because... The way we work, it's also a very, I mean, it's a very personal contact work. I mean, you reach out to people, you develop, you know, you develop the contact over years, and, and, and so that, that is not such a challenge in a way that it is very difficult. But then, once in a while, it gets a little difficult. Um, the other might very well be what we just mentioned, to, to find, to reach audiences that are sort of not already our a part of our audience mm-hmm. um, yeah right just to sort of yeah to open up new yeah yeah especially young people I mean we reach young people through the teachers that are part of our audience but but then again yeah make how do we get the young people come to our Facebook page what it's there's a famous story in the 1970s uh-huh. about a nuclear power plant that was built here in Austria, and there was so much protest that they never turned it on. Right. So I'd like to ask you, what when you look at communicating with the Austrian audience, what is different about communicating with the Austrian audience versus other nations? Um, I wouldn't even... I could not speculate on other audiences. Communicating with Austrian audiences, the Austrian society overall, I would say, is a traditional, somewhat conservative society. Um, When you have developments in other countries, people pick it up, more rapidly than in Austria. Austrians look at things first and then they make up their minds whether they want to do something about it or not. Um, on certain issues, the Austrian mindset is is just you know very hard to influence one being nuclear energy. Austria will never have nuclear energy. Austria also will not... And that goes not only, that goes, that's, there's no age limit, that goes from young to old. Austria will also always feel they're doing a lot to conserve their nature. They will not have GMOs, like you know in America that is a big issue. It's very hard to, to sell that to the Austrian public, even though there are various ways we have tried, but this is a very difficult topic. Um... But on the other hand, I have to say they're also very, very curious. They're curious audiences, like Eva does a lot of these programs at schools, and there there's big excitement when 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 mm-hmm. embassy people go out and talk to them and explain to them, etc. So, uh, 
But as the guy come back to the first thought, Austria is not a country, or the people of Austria are not people who jump immediately at new developments. They step back and look at that. Which, I mean, it, yeah, I agree to most extent, although I think it depends on the age group. I mean, the younger they are, I guess, the more yeah. likely they, yeah. they would sort of yeah. be, be curious and, 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 and turn But then to we started thing. out saying, I think before you came, that the society is an older society. Yeah, yeah. So I did some consulting work for the Ministry of Information in Singapore. Mm -hmm. And so I have some friends there now. And they're sending me these emails about this clips they're seeing on CNN mm -hmm. about the healthcare town hall meetings. They, they don't understand. They can't understand what's going on, and they mm -hmm. want me to explain it to them. Now, I know, obviously, your task is not to communicate domestic policy, and healthcare reform is domestic policy. But that information does get out through the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. And if people don't understand it, I wonder if it presents challenges with respect to our credibility or your ability to communicate our foreign policy. No, I wouldn't say that. And on the health care reform, you would have to, since this country has a very high level health care system, And the reason, and the, the fact that the United States is finally looking at their health care, which a lot of you have asked Austrians think is abominable, I mean, there's a lot of understanding. I mean, that's just the opposite. I mean, there the Austrians would say, we don't understand why the Americans are, or parts of America is reluctant to join it. it they, you know, 47 million people un uninsured, I mean, this would not be possible here. So that, this is a very positive... The, the way that administration came in with these ideas is very positively viewed at. And on the foreign policy issues, yeah, sure, Afghanistan is a challenge. I mean, no question about it. But the overall willingness to listen to the United States uh, is, has definitely increased with the coming in of the new administration. Okay, okay. And and um, and I guess uh, you know the the track record to date of you know completed initiatives has not in any way undermined that feeling. You think it's still no? Yeah. Yes. I would. I would say. I would say it's still there. The positive feeling towards the United States. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So can you tell me anything about the types of... I know you organize speaker programs. Uh-huh. And you mentioned you're doing one next week on the future of journalism. Right. Who are some of the speakers that you're bringing out for that? Well, I'm bringing out a gentleman from the Pointer Institute mm -hmm. who has a blog, a business blog. He's a media business analyst. Who Rick is Admins. Rick Admins. And uh, we are coordinating uh, this program with the... Austrian Journalism Academy in Salzburg, they bringing an EU speaker, communications expert, former Spiegel reporter, his name is Fasel, he's uh, from the University of Kalf. Then we have um, a panel discussion. The topic is, uh, journalism is gone, will we miss it, question mark, the other guy's going to speak, uh, 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 It's called, in German, Journalism is Dead, Long Live Journalism. Then you have a panel of high-ranking, very uh, chief editors. They're going to talk about the Austrian situation. So this is the kind of program that we are doing. But we're doing, 
I mean, the big thing now is climate change, energy issues, environmental issues, coming up to Copenhagen with speakers from government and out of government. Um, what, what other topics? We also do uh, cultural programs. I mean, we just had a very successful program in Hollywood in Vienna, it was called, when we had Hollywood uh, I saw that film on the writers. Yeah, so that was very, very... So it's a wide range of, of, of uh, policy issues, cultural issues, business issues, trade things. Um, how does uh, Vienna feel about, or Austria feel about cap and trade? I feel about what? Cap and, stra- cap and trade legislation? Cap it's and trade legislation, I wouldn't even know what. Okay. That sounds familiar from talking to Helmut, but yeah. that would work into in the realm of the economic section. Yeah, it's yeah, a legislation about uh, that would somehow govern uh, an organization's right to pollute, to emit CO2. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the ability to buy and sell uh, mm-hmm. your capacity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know. That's something that yeah, you I would wouldn't need to talk it. to some yeah, to yeah. The colleagues in yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are your expectations for uh, Copenhagen? Well, what are our expectations? Well, I think the, the administration is, is uh, I mean, that is something you have to ask Congress because I think the administration is very willing to go to, to Copenhagen with suggestions and, and, uh, and they have their goals. But, you know, these summits, we'll see. I mean, I, I think they're really going to try to make an effort, I, mm-hmm. I would say, yeah. Is there anything else uh, you can tell me about? Uh, you know what, I'd like to final question. Um, if you looked at Austria as compared to the rest of the EU, where would you rank Austria in terms of social media readiness? Hmm. The rest of the EU. Well, <clears throat> I would say sort of in the middle. I mean, as opposed to Scandinavia is always yeah. Scandinavia is always on top. Um, I would say, compared close to, to Germany, Germany, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, middle yeah. probably. Yeah, probably yeah. middle. Probably even upper middle because internet usage is is is, is very is high. very I high. Give you the exact yeah. percentage. Yeah. I don't have that, yeah. but yeah. but mm-hmm. yeah. Again, I mean, it's sort of age group definitely a uh, uh, population group. But uh, yeah, growing and growing, growing fast. and growing fast. Yeah, I would, I would, That's I would sure. second that. Yeah, yeah, probably in the yeah. upper third, yeah. something yeah. like that. Well, thank you With both for taking the time to talk to me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You've been listening to On the Record Online with Eric Schwartzman, where reporters and journalists go on the record about how they use the web to cover the news. For the latest trends, tips, and tactics on how the web impacts corporate reputations, subscribe to our RSS news feed or visit us online at www.ipressroom.com.